Hey, um, this morning we want to just press in a little bit more into this whole conversation that Jesus has been having with us in this season about learning to live from grace and not fatigue. Obviously, with all of the the changes of life and and people's everyday circumstances, and just even trying to gather as as churches in homes and even in in uh, public settings, it's just been one measured reality to another and um, there comes with that a whole sense of fatigue and journey with that one and so we're just going to press in a little bit more into that if you do have your bible with you get it ready open it up to Matthew chapter 11 we're going to go there in a minute but before we get there I want to say this we're going to read this again because we've been reading it over and over in this season but it's really important to hear this today an easy yoke Do not confuse an easy yoke that Jesus is offering your life with with an easy life. Don't confuse an easy yoke with an easy life. Two very different realities. Two very different realities. And so, and they're not one over the other either. And so we just want to push into that a little bit more um, as we keep going. Uh, a few a few weeks back, I, I used the illustration of the dashboard on your car. It helps you to tell you how your car is going when you need fuel. It helps you to tell when it's overheating. It helps you to understand how it's functioning. And in this season, it's a bit hard for us to see the dashboard of the health of ourselves. And so we sort of just painted the dashboard, what the dashboard might look like for our lives in this season of rapid change and restrictions and all of the frustrations that have come with that. How is the health of your soul? How are you? Are you easily irritated in this season? Where once you would have grace, are you irritated? Is the fuse a little shorter? than towards yourself? Is the fuse a little shorter towards your workmates? Is the fuse a little shorter towards your family, towards the ones that you love the most? Um, How's the irritation factor? How's the courage? Are you um, a little lacking in courage to keep risking because you've been living in now for seven months this whole culture of safety and measuredness? Are you, are you starting to actually adopt a way of thinking and living that says, actually, I can't risk anymore? I, and, and, and as a result of that, we don't trust anymore, not willing to go there anymore, struggling to think clearly, make up your mind. These are all the dashboard realities of human beings, you know? Impulsive choices, are they on the up in this season? What are we spending our time, energy and resources on? What are we putting our faith to? Am I choosing short-term gain at the expense of long-term realities? Am I choosing the easy way versus the best or the healthiest way? How's the dashboard in your soul? It's really pleasing to finally start to get some news where there's some freedom's coming around, isn't it? There's, it's really pleasing. And you can hear the cultural sort of collective sigh of relief that there's this sense of, finally, we can start to live again. 
But in the rush to live again, I want to remind us of a few things. I'm not sure what it's like in your house, but in mine, we have a dishwasher. (laughs) And that thing, it has to go on every day for some reason with the amount of traffic that we have in our place, number of people that we have in our place and come through our place. That thing needs to go every day, sometimes twice a day with the amount of traffic and stuff that gets used. So as a family, we figured out what does it mean for us to have a dishwasher and if it's a convenience, that's great, but whose day is it? That's the big question I wake up with every morning. <laughs> whose, whose turn is it on the dishwasher? Because I can never remember if it's my day or not. Even they write it on the fridge for me, Dad, your day is... What days? I can't remember. <laughs> but I'm forever standing at the dishwasher saying, whose day is it? And then the answer will come from somewhere around the house. And usually, it, you know, my, my um, adult and teenage children will yell out, oh, it's your day, Dad. <laughs> it's your day. And, and I often hear, I hear that nearly every day. And I'm like, no, I know it's not my day. It's someone else's day. Get over here and do the dishwasher. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm busy right now. Or I'll hear, I'll get to it, or I'll hear something along the lines of, oh, they've gone out, you'll need to do it for them, you know? (laughs) It's like the dishwasher, ah, the dishwasher. It's a wonderful convenience, and yet for it to be a convenience for the greater health of our family, it literally means everyone has has to participate, everyone has to play. And, um, and even in the times when, uh, no, you know, some of the members of our family don't feel like participating, <laughs> or they want to just try and assume that dad will just do it, you know, and lean into that generosity. Um, even, even as that's going on, still, it needs to be unpacked, it needs to be repacked, it needs to be unpacked, it needs to be repacked. There's just this way of reality about having a dishwasher for the health of our family and the well-being of our family. Same with the kingdom of God. Same with the kingdom of God. There's just some simple daily routine that seems incredibly boring at times. But for the greater good, it just needs to be done. And for the greater good... It's the actual, the posture of our heart that says, well, actually, I'm not in this anymore for me. I'm in this for the greater well-being of those around me. In the kingdom of God. Dave talked about that last week. Being family is not about being convenient, is it? I mean, the other night I was standing in a bedroom with um, a couple of my kids. The dog ran into the their, their bed, the dog jumps up on the bed and all of a sudden the dog decides it's got a fur ball and it wants to clear its throat. And the doona is this beautiful, white, crisp doona in Caitlin's room. And then so Caitlin and Sarah are in there and I'm talking to her and I'm standing at the end of the bed and then the dog starts to do its sort of convulsion thing. And And I just went into automatic mode, which was I just went to throw my hands out to catch 
what was about to come out. <laughs> Fortunately, nothing came out. <laughs> but in that moment, one of my kids said to me, that's why you're a dad. <laughs> when you know who you are, you just do what you know to do. If you know you're a disciple of Jesus, you just do what you know to do. At times it's inconvenient. At times it's messy. At times it's not all pretty. And, to- and at times it just means I'm going to risk putting myself into this moment for the sake of someone else. Not convenient, but it is about being part of God's kingdom and his family. Living your life as a disciple of Jesus, being a part of his people and being a part of his kingdom is just simply not about convenience. It is purely about a big, generous, gracious invitation to a hands-on, wholehearted engagement and participation with what Jesus is doing. And that has got nothing to do with convenience or safety. It has everything to do with what he's doing. You see, Jesus invites us to an easy yoke, not a convenient yoke. Let's grab your Bibles. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We've been through this um, little bit of scripture a few times in the last month, but let's read it again. And we're going to pick up at verse 25. The Father is revealed in the Son. Jesus is saying here, verse 25, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So remember the backstory there. The backstory of how Jesus is speaking to a group of people in a context, in a culture, in a religious understanding where you you had to have the law of behavior nailed and facilitated and it was burdensome. And then Jesus comes along and says, well, actually, I'm now the new way of living life with God. Do it like I do it. And the intellectual and the high-browed and the supposed um, power players of culture, they completely missed it. They completely missed the invitation. The ones that got it were the ones that were simple of heart, humble and welcoming of the invitation to Jesus. You know, there's a, I, I won't touch on it this morning, but there's this whole other story in, the, in, in Matthew's gospel where Jesus says, hey, disciples, go out and just invite, invite into um, this feast that I'm having, invite everyone to come. And so they go out and they invite all these people and they come back to Jesus and say, uh, Jesus, no one wants to come. Well, why, why not? And so they tell him, I said, well, I just got married, so life's really busy right now. I can't come to the, the invitation. I've just gone and bought a new cow. Got to look after the cow. Can't, can't welcome the invitation. Oh, I've just got to put an extension on the house. Got to get busy about that. Sorry, can't take the invitation. 
And so Jesus says to his disciples, they've missed it. They've completely missed the entire invitation. And then he says, just go out to the poor, the broken, the humble, and invite them to come in. And, and so they do. Jesus is inviting people to come to him in this context. And he's confronting everything that stands in the way of that invitation. When he, and he finally says, it's the simple childlike response that enters you into the kingdom. Verse 27, all of these things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <clears throat> the other day, Nicole and I were meeting with her parents and um, her dad, Bill, Bill's now uh, 83, I think he's 83, 84, and he has very progressed Parkinson's disease to the point now where he he pretty much can't walk and so they've slowly been having to you know we've been helping them to sell some of their assets like the caravan the caravan that they've had and that's been a big dream of theirs a big part of their life but that Bill just can't can't even do anything to hook the caravan up anymore he can't even get in and out of the caravan and so we've had to help them to get that caravan ready and then sell that caravan and as we were with them the other day we were just allowing them just to talk about how they're feeling about their stage of life and the challenges that it involves and anyway one of the stories came up from uh, when um, my mother-in-law's mother died grandma McGee as we knew her Nana McGee and before Nana McGee died, she, she was battling cancer and she had cancer in the mouth and throat. And so, you know, Nicole and I would go and spend time with Nana McGee and uh, we'd pray with her and care for her and all of that. And then Nana McGee, her request to me was this, was, Kirk, when I die, would you please do my funeral? And we sat together and we talked about what that might look like and, and what she wanted to be a part of that. And I said, absolutely, I'll do that. Well, as it turns out, uh, Nana McGee died three days before I was flying out to Southeast Asia with a, to lead a team of 30 people into access-restricted Asia and to do some work with the... Um, uh, with the underground church. And, and so here I am now in this situation of wanting to love my family and wanting to do what Jesus has told me to do with regards to this, um, taking this team into Southeast Asia. I, was, I felt like I was stuck. And so Nicole and I, we prayed. At this stage, I think Luke was about six weeks old. So Caitlin and Luke... And, and uh, Luke wasn't sleeping great, so we were both tired. We were both worn out doing the new parent thing. And so we prayed together, 
And we really sincerely felt like Jesus said he wanted me to still go and lead this team and to ask a friend of mine who I knew might facilitate the service. And so had to step into that awkward conversation space with all of my family and my in-laws and everything to say, hey, this is where we're at and this is what we believe Jesus is asking us to do. And, um, and it wasn't convenient to have that conversation. It wasn't easy to have that moment. And yet there was grace to be found there. There was a, a capacity of God's love to navigate the circumstance. There was a strength to be able to walk it out together and, and love each other well as a family. And as we did that, I remember the day of the funeral, I was up, up overseas and um, I rang Nicole and I said, how did it go? And she said, it was just like one of those all-time terrible movies where everyone's standing around the grave in the pouring rain and I'm hold, soaking wet holding a screaming child. She said, that's what it was like. And I was, I was just like, I don't, like I'm miles away, but my heart was, was grieved. It's not easy to walk the kingdom life. It's not a convenient journey to say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. When Dave preached that hot message last week, go back and listen to it. Jump on the SoundCloud, get on the YouTube channel, go back and listen to it. It was a great message because he, he, he talked all about the fact that our life is no longer ours when we say yes to Jesus. And when Jesus in this scripture is saying, take my yoke upon you, he's really saying it's up to you if you want to live with me as Lord and Master. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy or convenient. One thing that Nicole and I can clearly tell you is how we absolutely were aware of the presence and the power of Jesus in that moment. In the conversation we had with Jesus, for Nicole in the moment of standing with her family in the rain at her grandma's funeral and while I was overseas. You see, his presence and his power were with us in the midst of walking through everyday life to love our family well and to realise we were walking with Jesus. An easy yoke is not an easy life. That's not what Jesus invites us to. I love the words of Paul. I haven't got it on the big screen, but uh, I've, I've, if, you've, if you do have your Bible, Philippians 3, 7 to 10 says it really well. This is like the heart cry of a guy who understands what it means to be yoked to Jesus, to allow Jesus to be the one that authors his life. Paul says it like this. He says, whatever were gains to me, I consider them a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost everything. I consider them rubbish 
that I might gain Jesus, be found in Jesus, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from obeying the law, but that which comes through faith in Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want, this is a great one, highlight it, underline it, circle it in your Bible, write it everywhere. The prayer of the disciple of Jesus is simply this, I want to know Jesus in everything, at all times, in every decision, every day, everywhere I go. I want to know Jesus. If you've, if you've struggled with what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus, there it is. That's your relationship. That's your, that's your activity, that's your mission, that's your identity, that's your calling. I want to know Jesus. That's what it is. William Barclay, in his little commentary on, on this little bit of scripture, he tells the story of how someone came across a little boy who was carrying a smaller boy on his back who was lame. And he says... The the gentleman says to the boy who's carrying this lame boy on his back, he says, wow, that's a heavy burden for you to carry, said the man to the boy. And the answer came, oh, that's no burden. That's my little brother. That's no burden. That's my little brother. This is the way of the kingdom life. Barclay makes the comment that the burden which is given in love and carried in love is always light. Not easy, but light. That's my brother. He's not a burden. When we realise Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon ourselves and learn from him, we're invited to live from his power, his love, his yoke, his life, life with him, unto him, for him, in him, a part of him and what he's doing. He will take us to the mountaintops. He will walk us through the valleys. He will take us through the darkest of days and the brightest of moments in victory. All and sundry, not one or the other. A full life in God, powered by the Holy Spirit. I want to know Jesus. That's the question I want to ask us this morning as we finish. Do you want to know Jesus? He wants to know, do you want to know him? He says, here, take my yoke upon you. Remember, it's Jesus inviting you to this, and it really is up to you. But do you want to continue to live on the the power of your own self-energy and capacity and determination to try and figure out the new future for your life now that everything's changed? Do you want to try and that into being? Or do you want to step into the collaborative power of the Godhead? the love that's shared between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, take this yoke upon you. Come and enter into the power of this and live from this place with me. It's one thing, isn't it, you know, to have your own sense of power and capacity. But I was listening to a teacher the other day and he said, 
It's a bit like entering a relationship with God. It's like entering into a relationship with a car. When you hop into a car as the driver, you begin to partner with the latent power and capacity of that vehicle as you put your hand to the wheel and your foot to the accelerator. You partner with something that is so much greater, more powerful and active than you could ever generate or be. And this is what it's like to come into the yoke of Jesus. You enter into the collaborative power of relationship that Jesus shares with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Man, as the restrictions come off and the doors open up, what power source are you connecting into? Who are you going to live from? Take on the yoke of Jesus. Living under any other yoke simply will not see us through this life. And it will certainly not give us the joy only Jesus can bring. Like Paul, I want to know Christ, yet to know the power of his resurrection participating in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. And that's not a burden. That's our first risen brother from the grave. Let's stand and pray. Let's stand and pray. Father, thank you for just your love in this place today. Thank you for the conversation that you're having with each of our hearts right now. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Let us come alive to the conversation that you're having with us right now. Lord, where we've kind of laid over your invitation to come to you and live the life of the kingdom of God in the power of who you are, Jesus. And we've kind of laid over that a, a thinking or an idea that it's, it's about being convenient. Oh, Lord, we're just really sorry that we lay that over the beauty, the majesty, the power and the authority and the bigness of the invitation that you're calling us into. Would you just have mercy on us, Lord, where we've, we've confused the invitation because of our own brokenness? Would you just have mercy on us, Lord, and forgive us and wash us clean? And Lord Jesus, would you, the righteousness of God in us, just, just flex your presence in our heart right now? And for those of us who are turning to you for the first time in this moment, who are saying, yes, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus, but now I actually want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Oh, Holy Spirit, just come fill us now. Fill us now. Fill us now. So much of our world has changed, Lord. In the space of a blink of an eye, in seven months, so much of a world can change. And yet, Lord Jesus, you never change. Your kingdom rules and reigns and will never be shaken. And we thank you that you call us into you.
and your good kingdom. I just pray for everyone in this room right now, Lord, where there is a a sense of struggle for um, understanding what's going on in the circumstances of our everyday life right now, trying to figure it out and everything's shifted and moved and it's not like it once was. Lord, help us to shift to loving and trusting you, leading us into everything that the Father has for our life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.